Well, I start from a place of trying to be as radically honest about just how wretched, you know, just how powerless. How unmanageable, you know, the, the how wretched. And from there, it's like, as yes. you've said before, now we can have an honest conversation. Yes, Lord. yes, yes, yes. Um, who, who was it? Was it Augustine that said, Lord, make me chase, but not right now? <laughs> Tomorrow, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm totally there. I'm like, I get it. I get it, you know. Hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, sharing with you another conversation about this, our daily task as fellow sin addicts, Brother Rex and I, this task of growing deeper in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks again for being here. Uh, as I said, I'm joined again by my good friend and mentor and colleague, Brother Rex Norris. Brother, how are you doing today? I'm very well. How are you today? Doing good. Doing good, good. brother. It's cooling down up here in Maine, so... Yeah. Our, yeah. our leaves are actually changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cooling down here a little bit as well. Um, my, my son and I came up with a new term. We're calling it in besweezens. In besweezens. <laughs> it's that, it's that kind of weird weather that Ohio has 97% right. of the year. That's sort of not fully one season, not fully the other. It's kind of the weird in between. So we're, we're in the in besweezens. At, at yeah. Point. Summer. That's good. Summer days and fall nights. Yeah, well, brother, you know, we had a good conversation last week about the first of the 12 steps, the spirituality of the 12 steps of recovery. And man, I've been thinking about those a lot this past week. You know, more and more, we talked about this, but more and more thinking about how it's it's just funny and to some degree unfortunate that we, we only think of these, uh, a, a program like this, and approach a specific, concrete approach to inviting the gospel into your life, inviting Christ's healing into your life. We only think of it in terms of those people out there who, who mm. are really having problems, mm. you know, mm. the, the ones who are really, you know, wrecked, but not that I think as we should be thinking that, no, this is, this should be everybody's business. We should be um, being very realistic about um, our powerlessness when it comes to certain sins in our life. Uh, and uh, how much we need God, how much we need each other, and to be r radically honest with with uh, ourselves and with God and with a, a trusted friend or companion on the journey. And so I've just, I've really been thinking a lot about these steps and excited yeah. to continue our study uh, about their spirituality. I was thinking about this yesterday as I was cutting the grass, and it occurred to me that uh, in the first step when we talk about unmanageability, that, that can sometimes, uh, it's kind of a word we don't use very often. And so when we sure. think about the word, you know, sin, that works well for many of us who are you know, disciples of Jesus. And then I got to thinking, well, what is sin? <clears throat> you know, and, and it occurred to me that sin is, a, is any behavior or thought or way of speaking that is inconsistent with my proclamation of being a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. That's simple. And uh, I can narrow that down to... You know, how do I know that that the thinking or the behavior or the speaking is inconsistent? Well, uh, I have the, the commandments. I have uh, the teachings of the church, broadly speaking, and, and even more consistently for me. And this is just my own journey. Um, I've really been focusing a lot recently on the, the um, uh, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And I can clearly see from using the Sermon on the Mount as a uh, um, 
examination of conscience. I can see yeah. that, you know, my, I can't, I can't do that. My life is unmanageable, right? Yeah. That there are patterns of thinking uh, that I've got from everywhere. From who knows where they came from? Patterns of uh, behavior uh, that that are inconsistent with my claim to be a disciple of Jesus. And so I can't I can't do it on my own. Clearly, yeah. I have tried and tried and tried, and I can't do it on my own. And that's what brings brings me to the second step: that a power yeah. greater than myself can restore me to sanity. The old definition you know, it, of, of insanity being doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Right. right. And as we said in the last week or the last time we met, uh, if I have to go to the confessional and repeat something, well, mm. now I've got a pattern. Right? Yes. It wasn't just a one-off. It's a pattern. And yes. so I'm becoming a disciple of Jesus. And uh, for, for whatever reason, I've not fully yielded uh, yielded that uh, or admitted that to God. And so I need to believe that a power greater myself, the Lord Jesus, can restore me to sanity. Yeah, it's amazing the games we play with ourselves. You know, I think we need to set a much lower or higher bar, depending on how you look at it, for, you know, what does it really mean that my life's unmanageable? What does it really mean that I have a pattern of sin that I'm powerless against? And again, we we say we trust in God. We say that, you know, we really need his grace. You know, and that's kind of our working position. But, you know, like we, we're still holding out for a whole lot more data before we believe that we're really, <laughs> really in need of his grace. Like yeah. to, for us to say my life is unmanageable, we're really waiting to, to hit rock bottom. We're really wait, we're, we're looking at the really extreme examples out there and yeah. saying, well, I'm not like that. So this, that, yes. I'm, life's not yet unmanageable. Yeah. But we need to remember ourselves on, on the rough days. You know, we, we have a days where, in our motivation, in our good mood, you know, we tell ourselves, yes, if I can just keep pulling myself up by my bootstraps, I'll make this work, you know, another. But like those moments when we're weary, thinking of the long life ahead of just trying, trying, trying on our own steam yes. and how discouraging that is, yes. we should again recognize that we might be playing games with ourselves. We're yes. sort of putting off this inevitable perhaps realization that God wants us to realize, which is yeah. we, there is a, there's a part of us that loves God and that wants to do his will and that wants this all to work out. But there's another part of us, a part of our heart that's just not with the, the program. Yes. And we can't directly get in there and fix that. Like we yes. need spiritual heart surgery. Yes. Um, but it takes, again, that, that first step of really admitting the reality of original sin, the reality of our our sort of our addiction to self or addiction to sin uh, at some fundamental level before we can really invite healing in perhaps a way that we haven't done so before. And I think we can, I mean, if one, if one um, is diff, has difficulty with the word sin, we can always say we're, we're wounded, right? Sure. I mean, and that wound, yeah. I think the church refers to it or Christianity in general refers to it as concupiscence, right? There's this mm -hmm. tendency, this tendency. Yeah towards uh, going in the, in the wrong direction. And until we recognize that, right? Until we realize that on a, some deep level. And I, it's not that we don't recognize it. It's not that we're malicious. It's not that I was malicious. That some of the things yeah. that I recognize now as problems in my life, it, not that I was malicious. It's that I just couldn't see. Very often, Jesus would point out to people, uh, these are my words, and I, you're, you're, not, you're not bad. You're just blind. You don't see. Mm -hmm. You know, and then uh, by the grace of God, 
coming through another human being, through a sermon, through the grace of the sacrament, uh, we come to see, uh, hey, th- this is an issue. This is a wound that I need to bring to the divine physician uh, yeah. for healing. And that's what the second step is about. Right? Or coming to believe, right? That there's a power greater yeah. than me. That there is a divine physician to whom I can come with this wound. Yeah, well, so introduce us for a moment there, brother, to the second step. Last last week, the step was we admitted we were powerless over, uh, oh, I have a different, transla- different translation here that I'm reading <laughs> from the last week, powerless over the effects of our separation from God that our oh, lives have become yeah. unmanageable. This this must be the Christian version. You, that's uh, a good one, yeah, that other. That's a good, yeah. But the, there was a the admission of powerlessness, this radical mm-hmm. honesty, and that our lives are unmanageable. That was a first mm-hmm. step, and we talked a lot about the honesty of that, the specificity, the concreteness of that. Mm-hmm. So lead us into this discussion now of the second step. What is the second step? So once I've, once I've admitted that uh, I can't do it myself, right? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I come to believe that a power greater than me can restore me to sanity, that trying to live life on my own steam isn't working, that these behaviors, these thinking patterns, uh, the way and the manner of relating to other people is just not working as well as I believe that it should be uh, based on the gospel. Uh, and so I come to believe that a power greater than me, that there's something greater than me, someone greater than me who can restore me to sanity. Yeah. And that's the second step coming, coming to that realization. Right, coming to believe. And again, yeah. we, I mean, that's, it's an interesting thing, dynamic, how sin works. Every day we see something, it seems like every day, but we see something in the news. Another, another uh, religious leader has fallen. Another man or woman whom we, whom we uh, from the outside, looked as though they had it all together. Mm-hmm. And yet they fall, whether it's yeah. greed, some sexual sin, whatever it is. Uh, and it's like, wow, wow. Now, I think that they're, I would, I assume that their commitment to the Lord Jesus is real. And I also know that the human heart is, you know, there are compartments in the human heart where I may not have opened the door and allowed the Lord to come in. And often what will happen is that there will be a fall. The fall didn't happen just 2,000 years ago. The fall happens in my life and in your life. Yeah. And uh, when it does, uh, you know, we have, it's both a, it's both a, a tragedy and a grace. Yeah. Because yeah. I have an opportunity then to say, okay, it's time to come a little bit deeper, right? The Lord is calling yeah. me to come a little bit deeper. So I come to believe that this power greater than me uh, can restore me to sanity, can heal my woundedness. Uh, we have that assurance uh, in the Gospels, right? Yeah. And so that's the second step, coming to believe right? mm-hmm. that even this, God wants to have, God wants to have lordship over my, over my money. God wants to have lordship over my sexual faculties. God wants to have lordship over, over it all. Yeah. And because in our blindness, we didn't allow the Lord mastery or power or whatever you want, lordship over this or that, uh, we, we hit our bottom. 
Sometimes it's a yeah. tragic bottom. Sometimes it's just that I wake up one morning and for, I'm just like, man, I, I just don't want to live this way anymore. There's just, I may not be able to name it, but I know that something's just a bit off. I just, yeah. just something's off. And that's why it's so important to have other people that we can talk to just say, you know, something's off. And just to be able to have the other person receive that and say, yeah, well, I, that's, I've had experiences like that as well. And this is what worked for me. Yeah, we, I think we put off that moment a long time, probably more than a lot longer than necessary, that moment of holy discontentment, mm -hmm. <laughs> perhaps mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. how we're managing our own lives. I gave a talk recently. I was studying uh, Joseph Pieper's essays on on the virtue, the theological virtue of hope. And he, he makes the point that um, human hope, so non-theological hope, just a, a hope on the human level, is not necessarily a virtue. In fact, it can, it can be a vice. You know, it, it's, only, it's only the hope that God gives us in his divine plan. That's good. But human hope, in other words, a hope that is separated from God, that all oh, things will turn out, out all right apart from God, is not necessarily virtuous. And I again, I think about how often when we, we have a certain discontentment with our life, but we're holding out hope that things will get better. Well, how are we expecting them to get better? Well, mm -hmm. something good will come along or uh, eventually I'll get disciplined enough. Eventually I'll find the right system or the right schedule or so, uh, somehow I will fix this eventually. And we have all these ways of, of putting off that moment of, I. I can't keep doing this. Like, how am I going to do this before I say, no, like, I, it's just, it, nothing's really going to change substantially. I need deeper down healing if this is ever going to be any really different. You know, I, I might, yeah. And, and so I think that's a, that's a piece here is that it's certainly a grace when someone hits rock bottom, so to speak, and is able to realize that moment of grace and hear God in that. But hopefully, like, most of us cannot have to go, like, wait to that point. We can mm -hmm. lean into that holy di discontentment in the meantime and, and realize, wait a minute, I, I want to stop playing this game. We, so humility, the virtue of humility seems like an obvious, uh, mm. important mm. connection here to these early steps. And it's almost like last week, the first step, this admission of powerlessness, this admission of my original sin, my original brokenness that I just, my concupiscence, what I have with me, is, the, is part of humility. In other words, humility is about acknowledging the truth of who God is and who I am. And so last week, it's sort of acknowledging the truth of who I am. Like, I'm broken. I'm, I'm, I'm sinful. I'm powerless. It's almost like this week, this be believing in a power greater than me that can heal me and restore me to sanity is the other part of that equation of humility, that I, I, I'm now being radically honest about who I am. Now the question is, can I turn and acknowledge the truth of who God is and what he what he wants to do and what he can do. Yeah, and that be, that's the beginning of the process, right? That humility that I'm yeah. right size. I think as you said um uh, mm -hmm. God is God and I am not. Now, that's a great yeah. place to start. Because um in my case, I would never have used the terms, you know, that uh, uh I'm I'm I think I'm my own god. But in in many ways the way that I sometimes act or the way that I, uh, you know, my thinking patterns or what have you, um, I've effectively uh, removed God from the equation. And, and now I'm, I'm the king of my universe. 
right? Right. Uh, yeah. And things things just don't tend to go well yeah. when that happens. And it's humbling to admit I just I just can't do it. And yet yeah. again, as you as I said before, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting <laughs> different results. Right. And that's what happens, right? And so, at, by the grace yeah. of God, I begin to see this. Early, early on, a friend of mine gave me a button that says, I tried this once before and it was very painful. So I thought I'd try it again. Now, that's crazy thinking, right? But I, I, <laughs> I knew exactly what he was saying. I totally got what he was saying, right? I tried this once before and it was very painful. So I thought I'd try it again. That's the insanity of doing something over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. And so when I'm to that point, I realize that there's a power greater than me. Uh, that can restore me to sanity. The other thing I would say is that in the 12-step programs, I've heard people talk about, you know, came to believe. Uh, I came I came to meetings. Uh, and then the person will say, I came to, I woke up. Yeah. And I saw how these other people were living life. They had problems just like me, but they were handling life on a much better level, much better yeah. way. And so I came to, I've asked them, why, why is it this way? And they said, because we believe in a God, uh, in a power greater than ourselves. So I came to believe the persons come, they come, they come to, they come to believe. Right? Mm-hmm. So many of us walk around mocus, right? We're just like, right. Uh, we're just sort of numb. Uh, and then by the grace of God, we wake up. A divine dissatisfaction, right? yeah, internally, and right. uh, unfortunately, I think in our culture, when when many of us feel that divine dissatisfaction with, I mean, I'm talking about God has placed in our heart this longing. Right. Our hearts are restless until they rest. Our in hearts the... are restless, and and yet our culture yeah. is our culture is built in such a way that if oh, is your heart restless? Here's a pill. Is your heart restless? Here's a new car. Is your heart restless? How about some? How about another drink? Is your heart restless? How about this? How about that? How about a new book? How about right? And it doesn't work. Yeah, it does not work. Our hearts were meant to run on God, as yeah. C.S. Lewis would say. Like a car is meant to run on run on petrol, right? And yet we fill it with a whole lot of other stuff until we 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 don't even realize that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. And our life is unmanageable because of it. And by the grace of God, because God loves us so much, God loves us so much that uh, he allows us to be miserable. <laughs> and uh, and then he's there in a person or a homily or a podcast. And we're like, wow, you mean I don't have to live like that anymore? So someone's thinking through these steps. Uh, and again, whether they're a person maybe outside the faith or... Um, at a, at a really difficult place in their life, you know, um, or whether this is just all of us in some way, shape, or form realizing that we need to get this specific, this concrete about inviting God's um, God's healing into our lives in a way that we haven't previously done. How how would they? Can we give some practical points on this step of we're moving from that step one to step two here? How do we realize that in their life, especially again if we're talking at, amongst Christians that we Certainly, in some sense, we already acknowledge God's lordship in some sense, but how do we do this in a new way, uh, in a way that's different than how we've done before? Well, I think it, 
honesty is the first, you know, that's a, that's a criteria, right? I have to get real honest with myself and with a, with another person and just, you know, talk about that. And I don't know how I would talk about it other than the, than the idea that, you know, there's this, there's this dark corner in my heart that I've not yet allowed the Lord into. Right. Uh, And then, uh, you know, and, and that we would move on to step three, you know, and I made a decision to turn my will and that to open that door and allow the Lord in there. <clears throat> but yeah. um, the came to believe, I think it, it's really, a, it's the whole thing is a process, right? And we're all in different places. And uh, I think the Lord will give us what we need if we're open to that uh, when we need it. So I don't know what you had in mind in terms of practical steps. What were you thinking of? That radical honesty and looking for those places that I haven't, I have kept from the Lord, I think Mm -hmm. is is certainly what comes to my mind. Um, I think it's, again, it's really easy. I think it's really easy to to pray generally and and non-specifically. We talked about that a little bit last week. And that there may be a part of me that just accepted my, my insanity, my sinful insanity as just part of life, but not really taking seriously that, First of all, it's unmanageable, and it's not going to get better. And I need, I really need God's healing, and he, God wants to give me healing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we get, we in some sense we, get, I, as you noted, through all the various means that society gives us, we get way too content with uh, mediocrity. You know, with being lukewarm, <laughs> right? We live very lukewarm lives, and mm-hmm. the and the scriptures warn us against that. That um, we shouldn't be content with just confessing the same sin over and over and just kind of no like we should never give up but i think we should get a lot more specific in asking god for something to do something great in our lives to do something uh, amazing in our lives so that we can be more fully his and so that may be the the new way that someone mm-hmm. you know goes through this is previously they sort of just accepted oh i'm i'm just mm-hmm. i've got this sort of powerlessness against sin but i'm doing okay i'm working at it mm-hmm. maybe in a new way uh, we can invite the Lord into our lives uh, for healing. Yeah, and I think if we take the if we take the call to holiness seriously, then at some point, if I take it seriously, I'll make it more specific to myself. If I've taken the call to holiness seriously, then I ask very specifically about this. Lord is standing in my way. This this right here is standing in my way, and name it for what it is. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, the Lord honors that honesty, right? We can we can build a relationship on truth. We can't build a relationship on lie. Not a good relationship, yeah. anyway. And so, yeah, that's one of the things about. I remember when I was in monastic formation. Uh, you know, we read the Psalms continuously, right, uh, for all the prayer services. And I went to the prior one day, and I said, uh, I, "He's like, how's it going?" I said, well, it's, "It's gone all right, but this, these, these." Psalms, you know, I don't know about, you know, smashing my enemy's head against the stones, you know, let the blood, I'm not into all that. I'm into love and all that stuff. And he just looked at me and said, you, you just haven't lived in community long enough. And I thought it was kind of cryptic. And then a few weeks later, you know, I'm angry with one of the other novices (laughs) and uh, all of a sudden smashing my, smashing my enemy's heads against the stones may completely make complete sense to me. (laughs) The point is, what's my point? My point is this, that one of the beautiful things about the Psalms is that uh, uh, it's all right there. All that inner emotional turmoil, you know, uh, God doesn't answer our prayers always with yes, which is very a good thing, right? But mm. 
uh, being honest, you know, the psalmists were honest with our Lord. Uh, yeah. They knew how to do it. And even Fiddler on the Roof, right, Tevye, he <laughs> was honest with There's that beautiful ongoing conversation with the Lord. And he would tell the Lord when he was upset. He would tell. So I think it's being really honest with the Lord. Uh, yeah. You know, that uh, coming to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And that, in this case, means this. Yeah. Uh, generalities are, for me, generalities are much easier when I go to confession. And yet I know yeah. that I need to be real yeah. specific. Yeah. You know, they Pope Francis said something recently and I thought was beautiful. You know, he said, um, the problem with many of us when we go to confession is that we focus on our sins instead of instead of the mercy of God. You know, mm-hmm. If you're focusing on the mercy of God, the do you call it, what they call it? the sacrament of re, rejoicing? Did he call it that recently? He called the sacrament of penance the sacrament of rejoicing because we're going to the Father. We're saying, this, look at this, look at this. And the Father accepts it. It's not like, well, I sort of kind of thought this, you know, uh, it's not like this. I did this, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll. We'll get into that later when we talk about the other sure. steps about confession and so on and so forth. But I think it's that radical yeah. honesty. That was the point. The radical yeah. honesty. Yeah. It might be the game changer for, for, for people. It's certainly, this is this is true in my prayer life as I'm thinking through these myself, that in some sense, I've, I've always had maybe step two and step one out of order, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, mm-hmm. in some sort of, certainly in some way, the Lord, Christ is the Lord of my life and I believe he can heal me. I believe he you know, I, I believe in him, but it's almost as a secondary afterthought, am I very radically honest about mm. my actual need? And so because I have those out of order, I only yes. approach God in a vague general way. Oh, you know, Lord, help me with these things, but I'm not really expecting yeah. him to do to do anything. <laughs> you know, help me with the sin, you know, and I'm, I'm expecting maybe some general vague way he's helping me, but it really comes down to I have to just work harder. Yes. And this reverses that in that you know, I start from a place of, trying to be as radically honest about just how wretched, you know, just how powerless. How unmanageable, you know, the, the how wretched. And from there, it's like, yes. as you've said before, now we can have an honest conversation, yes. Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Um, who, who was it? Was it Augustine that said, Lord, make me chase, but not right now? <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm totally there. I'm like, I get it. I get it, you know? And I think about the, the relationships that I have with a couple. There are a couple of people in my life who are radically, they're, they're, they're very good at loving. They're very good lovers. And, uh, and I don't mean in a sexual way. I mean, just a very good, they love well. They love well. Yeah. And one of the reasons they love well, it's both the reason and um, I was trying to get, and they're honest with me. So I know enough to know that, for instance, if I'm trying to make a decision, I have a friend, we'll just call him Joe. Hmm. If I find myself as kind of, I'm having some kind of crazy thinking, you know, and I sort of on some level know it's crazy, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to go that. And uh, I find myself reluctant to call Joe. I realized then the very first thing I needed to go do is call Joe. Why? Because Joe loves me enough to tell me the truth. Yeah. Right. And I don't want to hear the truth. So I won't go call Joe because because he might he might um, corroborate. Is that the right word? The fact that I'm on some level think this is a little crazy. Mm. <laughs> and I don't but I don't want to hear that because I've already made my mind up. I want to do this. Uh, so then I know, OK, I got to get on the horn. I got to call Joe because Joe's going to tell me, are you crazy? 
<laughs> you know, and uh, I that's that's refreshing. I've got a couple people yeah. in my life who who will do that, and uh, I I need to keep those people even when it stings, but I know they love mm. me. So that you know, so it's that radical honesty, and they may say it incorrectly at times. Well, they've got their own stuff they're working on too, right? Uh, but yeah. I think it's the hon- humility and honesty. I don't know how we can yeah. build. I do not know how we can build a spiritual life without those two things. Just yeah. don't know how we can do it. Well, that's that's a great call to action here. There, I think you know. Let's, let's we'll leave it there for now. We're going to dig in more into the step three next week. But that's again, even for for those of us who've been working at this this relationship with Jesus, you know, for many years. Let's in a new way this week think about the ways that we have not up to this point been radically honest with ourselves and with God. And and then in virtue of that step of radical honesty, let's replace Christ as the Lord of our life. Let's put him back in the highest position and start a new, better conversation in that place of radical honesty and try to keep Mm -hmm. it open. And let's pray for each other. May we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thanks, brother. We'll talk again next week. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. Again, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We're a network of people who have embraced the Catholic Church, as well as others who are asking questions or thinking about becoming Catholic themselves. If that describes you in any way, shape, or form, this is your network. Visit www.chnetwork.org. Lots of resources, videos, articles, and a newsletter there for you, as well as an online community of fellow sin addicts like ourselves who are just trying to follow Christ and and pray for each other and encourage each other, go to community.chnetwork.org where you can uh, follow along with this show and other shows and, again, journey with uh, fellow Christians like yourself. Once again, thanks for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. We'll talk to you next week. God bless.